are going well. For many Americans, at least, we set um, resolutions that have to do with our eating habits. And hopefully, as Christians, we set some resolutions that have to do with our Christianity, with our spiritual habits. And for many of us, that includes reading our Bibles on a more regular or on a daily basis. Maybe you're joining in with so many of us as we read chronologically through the Bible this, this year. And I, know, I hope you're enjoying that and, and staying up with it and helping each other stay accountable. I've discovered, though, when I uh, set a resolution about an eating habit, that there are certain things that cause me to stumble and, uh, and, and not eat as well as I would like. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups being one of them. If I were to ask you your favorite candy, say it out loud, your favorite candy is? One of your favorite foods to eat is? Okay, see, really? Spaghetti? Who said spaghetti? Awesome. I like you. I can cook for you. <laughs> you see, most of you were able to answer the two questions. Not, not too much to think about. We know where we like to eat. In fact, I'm going to have to really work hard not to eat a Reese's peanut butter cup in the next two days. You wait and see. Ask me Wednesday night and see because it's on my mind if I hadn't eaten a Reese's peanut butter cup by Wednesday night. Probably say no to that, but if you ask about M&M peanut butter, peanut M&Ms, I might stumble. All I'm saying is we get these things on our minds. I find myself thinking about a favorite restaurant to go to and how, man, I'm looking forward to going there. And it's not long till I show up with my family or by myself, you know. It's, it just gets in my mind and then it's in my stomach pretty fast. We get captivated by things that carry us away from our resolutions. And when it comes to my eating habits, I get captivated by candy. It's just as simple as that. My appetite changes to what I'm thinking about and it's all I can think about. And if that's all I pursued in my eating habits, I will end up being malnourished, and I'll lose energy. I'll lose my ability to focus. I'll lose strength. I, I will feel good while I'm eating, but I will not feel good because I've eaten. And there is a big difference. In our Christian walk, many of us are captivated by the candies of this world, what this world has to offer us, like power and and things and possessions are moving up in our company and position. And they change my appetite from the bread of life to the things of this world, to the candy of this world. And I become malnourished in my Christian walk because that's what I'm nourishing myself with. I become confused. I become stressed. I lose my energy and focus and strength. I feel good while I'm eating the candy, while I'm being successful by the world's standards. But instead of feeling good because I've eaten, I only feel good while I'm accomplishing those things. And I find myself becoming hungry. I hope that you have this hunger in your Christian life to be healthy again with God. I hope you learn how to love how you feel when you've eaten right. To feel good not only while you're eating, but to feel good while you're living life. And yet too many times we get cap held captive by this world. And there is a journey to captivity. The children of Israel teach it to us over and over again. It's very simple. That journey to captivity begins when they start enjoying the ways of this world. They start looking around them. And they start marrying the people around them and acting like them. They take up their gods and their customs. And they forget what's good for them. And they change their appetite. 
they start liking the things of the people around them and they get carried away literally into captivity they're first they're captured by their desires and second they're captured by their enemies and they become slaves of the world and for Christians it's not much different we start enjoying the ways of the world around us we find ourselves spending more time watching television or, or the internet than we do reading God's word we're more apt to have talked to we're more apt to talk tonight at dinner about a movie we've seen rather than the study we had in our Bible class this morning. Our appetites change, and we forget what's good for us. And we just get carried away with what this world's throwing at us. And we get carried away into captivity and become slaves to the world. But there is a journey back to freedom. It was true for the children of Israel. If they would follow God, they could follow God out of their captivity. But they had to change their appetite. It's so humorous. Literally, the children of Israel, when they've left Egypt and they're, they're headed to the promised land, a land filled with milk and honey, what do they complain about? The leeks and the onions, or whatever, they, that slave food that they had left behind. They wanted to go back to Egypt instead of eating the bread from heaven that God was providing manna from God they, they missed those old meals but if we want to take ourselves out of captivity we have to follow God we have to change our ap appetite and remember what he's done and God made it very clear to those children that they need, should meditate on the law and then they should pass the story and what they've learned on to their children Christ's journey for our freedom has some similarities we have to learn how to focus on the spiritual and not just on the physical things in the text that we read earlier out of John previously they the people had come to God and to Jesus and said show us something in other words show us how you make bread from a little bit again and, and feed us they say our fathers had manna what will you give us? And so they just, their appetite is just to fill my stomach. But Jesus teaches them that they should change their appetite, to care more about what counts, and to recognize there's only way, one place to go for that food. And earlier in the text, it talks about how Jesus is that food. They have to eat Jesus. They have to devour. They have to consume Christ and his word. <laughs> they don't like the message very much. They, 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 they leave. This is a hard teaching, his disciples say. And Jesus would ask them the question, do you want to leave too? And Peter answered him, Lord, I do like a full belly, but to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now, the disciples don't understand it all at this point. In fact, they're, they're struggling to catch up with Jesus and to understand what he's trying to teach them. It doesn't all make sense to them. They're so used to eating wild onions and leeks that they just don't understand this bread of life. But they know that there is no hope in what's behind them. That is slavery. That is captivity. 
but there is something in front of them. They've tasted the world, and it tasted great, but it did not fill them up. And so we don't get it, Jesus, yet, but we know we aren't filled there. And yet when we are with you, we are not left empty and malnourished. And so they stick with Jesus. They found something more filling than all the world had to offer. And they would not, they could not turn away. Even though they didn't get it all, they found their delight there. I think our challenge might be to find our delight, our fulfillment in the Word of God as well. To learn to love God's Word. In Psalm 119, it is a beautiful, beautiful passage, a beautiful chapter about God's word, his statutes, his precepts, and what they mean in our lives. And in Psalm 119, the writer connects two words that I just want to highlight. They are the words delight and meditation. I think the psalmist in some ways is talking about how he changed his appetite. And it comes to a large extent by learning how to cultivate an appetite for God's word, the word of God. And when you truly delight in the Word, you will have a desire to meditate on it and make it a part of your life. It's something that you will desire. It, it's, it's on your mind, and you can't wait to read it and let it fill you. So let's look at the passages in this chapter that connect the two words. First, Psalm 119, verses 15 and 16. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word verses 23 and 24 your servant will meditate on your decrees your statutes are my delight they are my counselors meditate it's it's to think about over and over they're on my heart it's 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 what i want it's what i desire it's what i'm thinking about and in thinking about it they delight my soul they counsel me they guide me Verses 47 and 48. For I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. Verses 7 and 7 and 78. Let your compassion come to me that I may live. For your law is my delight. May the arrogant be put to shame for wronging me without cause. But I will meditate on your precepts. Pray that each of us We'll learn to love more and more the bread of life. That we'll cultivate an appetite for the Word of God. That it will become what we think about. It's what brings you to light. And so when you read God's Word, expect to be delighted. Meditate on His Word. Don't be surprised, though, if at times you wander away just like God's children of old. In the day of Ezra, the temple has been rebuilt, and some 50 years later, Ezra's going to go to Jerusalem, and they've already forgotten. They've already picked up the ways of the world again. And when he arrives on the scene and sees the people lapse back into sin, he works hard to help them see the value of God's word again. Ezra 7.10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. I mean, Ezra had it pretty clear in his mind. Ezra had gathered up God's word. He had studied it. He had spent time in it. 
And because of that study, he didn't just study it, he obeyed it as well. And now he's going to teach it to those children so they could follow after the path that God would want them to. They might live a fulfilled life, a safe life in the arms of Jesus. And the same is true for you and for me. We need to gather up God's Word. We need to dust off our Bibles. You know, we, we need to have that app on our, our devices, one that we know where it is, that we desire it. And then we need to study God's Word. And very simply, that means to read with a pencil in hand or to write your thoughts. I really liked what Randy had to say about our, our new uh, Discovery Bible Study bookmarks. That maybe if, if you're not comfortable or you haven't found a group to do that with, do it in your journaling time. And sit, sit down and read that text. And what, have, what do we learn about God? And what do we learn about people? What do other people need to hear? Study. I can almost guarantee you, if you spend time with a pencil in God's Word, God's Word is going to nourish you and you'll find yourself acting it out in front of others. We obey God's Word. And obey it just means I'm going to act it out in my daily life. What I've heard makes an impact, and you're going to see it in how I relate to people and what my actions are tomorrow. And not only how you see it, me living it out, but I'm going to teach it to others as well. I'm going to make sure other people know about the decrees of God. What a beautiful thought. To feed on God's Word. See the value of the bread of life in each one of our lives. And to share that with other people. Here in just a few moments, we're going to have a reception for the Shattuck family and when I got to this point of working on this lesson and I came to this teach it to others, I couldn't help but think of John and Jill and their family and what they're fixing to do. So I uh, allowed a little bit of time in the presentation tonight for John to come and share some thoughts about their work in Ecuador and what they're going to do. So John, come on up and share with us. I don't think Ezra had one of these in his journey. I don't think he had one of these either. But what I'm going to share with you is essentially what I'm going to do in Ecuador is what I experienced when I first became a Christian as I was on that journey, on that path, and God was directing my steps before he even knew, before I even knew he was directing my steps. Pardon me while I connect here because I forgot I wasn't connected. So essentially, where I'm going in Ecuador will be very similar to where and how I grew up. And so there'll be a commonality there in Ecuador. There we go. That fun sound, isn't it? So I'm going to start by playing this song. And I'm going to share why this song is critical in making connections. Sharing the truth and teaching people the statutes of God. Become his righteousness 
Instead of ourselves, he offered him So that we might become his righteousness so that We might become his righteousness so that We might become his righteousness oh, oh, oh. Holy God was offered for us so We might become his righteousness so that Here we go how many have heard that song before? Raise your hand. Quite a few of us. Where's the connection? Where are the statutes of God taught there? Tonight we sang songs of worship. Amen? Some of those songs came directly from where? Scripture. Right? And that's what's cool is because as we sing, we learn Scripture. Sometimes you're singing Scripture and you don't realize you're singing Scripture because... You've been singing that song for how long and nobody pointed it out that, oh, that comes from whatever verse. And of course, that song that we just listened to a little bit of comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, where it says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So you may ask, how does that connect with all this? Well, this song... I first heard, before I was a Christian, when I was asked to sing in a five-man a cappella group that my friend Preston, who had pledged a fraternity at the University of Wyoming with me and then quit because he didn't like the fraternity system, I continued on, but then we reconnected after that. I was part of the fraternity. He was not. But then I started doing a Bible study because I was seeking God, and he asked me, I'm starting a cappella group. Do you want to join? I said, sure. And so we started practicing these songs from this group called Acapella. And then others from Glad and Take Six. I had no idea who these groups were. But I just loved to sing. And then as I studied the Bible and as I sang with this Acapella group, I didn't realize everything that I was learning and how that would lead me to salvation. And so you fast forward to my wife working at a bank at Laramie, Wyoming. After she was done with her college degree, she's working as a receptionist. She's just answering phones, and this lady calls, and she's wanting to talk to a, a loan officer, and oh, the loan officer's busy. Uh, instead of putting her on hold, my lovely wife, like she is, just starts talking with her. We might as well do something. I'm not doing anything here. I'll talk to you while you're waiting. And as she was talking with this lovely lady on the phone, she heard in the background of this lady's house, to believe we can be spiritually well so that we might become his righteousness and because she heard that song and she said hey my husband sings in a group that sings that song started a discussion about God and the lady on the other end of the line who had no qualms talking about God said hey do you want to come to worship with us? And of course, my wife and I had been looking for a place to go worship that just would teach the Bible. That's what we were looking for. And then she said, well, if you're going to come to worship, you might as well come and do a Bible study at our house. And of course, my wife was like, sure. And so there was the connection. 
And so when we teach the statutes of God, sometimes we're not teaching the statutes of God by giving someone a verse and just saying, hey, you know, you need to repent. It's because of the music we're listening to in the background. It's because of the songs we're singing as we're singing in our car, driving down the street with the windows down. It's that example that we set as we go along. And so that song, before I even know who the group a cappella was and what a cappella was attached to, before I even knew about this group called the Church of Christ, I was singing this song, and God would use that song as he taught me his word through song to bring about that connection to a Bible study that led my wife and I to obey the gospel. See, and that's what I'll be doing in Ecuador. Some of you know that I grew up Catholic, very devout Catholic family. We went every Sunday, every holy day, every day that we needed to be there, we were there. Going and praying the rosary, doing all these things. And of course, eventually I decided in college to leave that because... A lot of that stuff's not found in the Bible, and I just wanted to follow the Bible. And so I'm going to Ecuador, and hopefully I can make a connection, and really I already have with a couple people, because Ecuador is mostly Catholicism. And so you have that common connection, and God's laying before me a path of people who he's preparing their hearts for whatever connection, however I'm going to meet them, in a coffee shop, on the river, doing whatever. I have no idea. Playing soccer with their children. Or maybe playing soccer with a child and singing these songs for fun. And then four years later, that child comes to a state of, I remember that guy that just taught the Bible, and that's what I want. I don't know. But if we live daily... The statutes of God. If we listen to the statutes of God daily, if we live that out in our lives daily, God will throw those opportunities in front of us and we'll have a chance to spread the gospel each and every day. Thanks, John. God bless you. We might become his righteousness. Beautiful thought. I hope you will join us for that reception in just a few moments. Well, as you journey through life and uh, you're convicted to spend more time in God's Word and let it be what nourishes you for life, don't be surprised if, if your appetites don't all change overnight. You still find yourself talking about movies and sports more than what you read in your Bible. I, mean, I understand we don't all get it right away. But even in the midst of that change of appetite, remember this. Like Peter, who didn't get it all at, the point, at that moment. He knew that what this world had to offer was not fulfilling him for life. And remember that healthy living does not come from fulfilling the appetites of this world. So if you're tired of feeling good while you're eating and feeling bad while you're living... Why don't we begin changing that appetite? To learn to delight in God's Word. To let it in our hearts, to, to sing God's psalms and His 
message and think about those thoughts. We might not get it all night, all right, right away, but at least know that as marshmallows taste good at the moment, they do not fulfill us nor nourish us for life. Stop living on s'mores and start learning to love God's Word. So if you want to go on that journey with me and with the others around you, we're going to look again at John 6, 68 through 69. And if you'd like to join me, let's just read this declaration, this statement out loud together. Let's read together. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have... <coughs> that you are... It's true. So gather up God's word and live lives following him. Tonight we're going to sing a song of invitation. If you need to respond publicly, we'd invite you to do so. It's time for you to put on Christ in baptism. Let us celebrate with you. You can come right now and confess him as Lord. And take you up to the baptistry and you can wash your sins away and be raised to walk that new life. If we can help you on your journey in any way, we'd invite you to come as together we stand and sing. There's a fountain free, tis for you and me. Let us haste, oh haste to its brink. 